Hello, and thank you for listening to Accountable. I'm your host, Dylan Marsh, and today on the show we have Josh Haslam coming to tell his story where he's about to hold himself accountable for something that he's done in his past. Hi, Josh. Hi, how's it going? Good. <laughs> Thanks for so, being here. So here we are back again drinking beers. So I guess the only uh, other story I've come up with in the meantime was, again, this was back well over 10 years ago, which that's important to remember. Um, used to go down to Boston area, you know, in that general vicinity, uh, to certain places, go to, like, see a lot of hardcore shows, punk rock shows, stuff like that. And there's this one area where there was a few of us, you know, once again, like, if you've heard the story before, in the skinhead culture, punk rock culture, there's also, like, the motorcycle world, like, so there's a lot of, like, outlaw, like, motorcycle clubs. I won't say exactly which club. Um, so knowing a lot of these guys, you can find yourself in some really great situations. They do a lot for, you know, their friends and their community and like families that are associated with them. But like everything, there is a dark side to a lot of things. Um, so one of the things I found myself doing back when I was younger and I was living up in New Hampshire at the time is I'd go down to Massachusetts, we'd go to these shows, and there'd be like four or five of us in a car. But when we came home, most of the time we all had our own car that we'd be coming home in. You can take it for... Use your imagination as to how we found our own co cars to come home with. And, yeah, we had this place that we'd all go to after, and we'd all drink beer, and within two or three days, all those cars disappeared. So, once again, use your imagination as, as to how that works. So, do I feel like a shitbag for doing that? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that were in these vehicles that, I mean, I wish I could have just taken them and mailed, mailed the, the contents back to the, the original owners. But we didn't because, obviously, that would lead them right back to us. And so, you would get these cars and then... The motorcycle club was selling them, chopping them up. No, it was uh, more of they introduced us to that world. So like the motorcycle club really didn't have a, much to do with the actual actions that we took. It was just like that's where we kind of learned how the the workings of that goes. We just kind of took it up upon ourselves, like oh yeah, it's fucking easy money. Let's do that. Would you <laughs> mind? Would you mind breaking down how like how it is that you go about doing that? So I mean, essentially, if you. I mean, anyone can go on YouTube and kind of watch how to, like, snap the lock, snap the, you know, snap the ignition switch and wire it up so you can get where you're going. The trick is not to do too new of a car. So at this time, like I said, this is over, like, this is probably, like, in 2003 to 2006-ish that we did this. So, I mean, you got to figure, like, all the anti-theft devices were still pretty new at that time. And there was a lot of people still driving stuff from the 90s, I mean, and... Like, a 95 Honda Civic, I mean, it was a super common car. And that had, like, no anti-theft stuff going on whatsoever. So you could pop one of those open real quick. So you could get one of those, and within, like, less than a minute, you're on the road and you're driving. The only time you got to stop is if that thing's low on gas. So you find a place that doesn't have much for cameras and cash only. You get that thing the fuck home. You know, it's not, that, it's not as big of a deal as you think it would be. Were, no one ever got pulled over or anything? 
once, but luckily it hadn't been reported stolen yet. Oh, so I they mean, just said, like, oh, it's my friend's car or something like that. Like, yeah, you know, I'm borrowing from my cousin or whatever because my car's in the shop, you know, that type of thing. And um, were you, would you say that you were doing it for money or for just it the was thrill all about of money. doing it? It was all about money. money. It wasn't, you know, every single time, you know, you feel bad about, like, who car, whose car that belongs to, you know, like, especially, like, once in a while you got these guys that have, like I said, back then the Blazers with, like, the big subwoofers and all that shit was still, like, the cool thing. So that's where the money was. So it's like, you know, you see a car with fucking big old rims on it and, you know, complete sound system. You're like, that's like at least a thousand bucks just in rim and, rims and sound system. Never mind whatever the car's going to bring. So you kind of. Did you ever uh, end up or somebody you were with get a car that had like a car seat in it or something like that where you were like, I don't know about this one? There was a few of those. Like, I've always kind of. Gave it a better look, I guess, before I did anything like that. Most of the time, I, I look for a car that because, like, I can use my own car as an example. I got shit all over the place in my car, but it's all, like, stuff that, like, it, it means something, you know? Like, it's I've not got, just like, trash I've, or something. Right, yeah. It's not like, like I got McDonald's bags all over the floor or anything like that because, like, my floors are clean. I'm like, but I got stuff sitting on my seats. Like, you know, I got, like, I still listen to CDs in my car. So I still got, like, my CD case in there, like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've got like my bomber jacket. I've got like my hat and gloves. Like I've got a box of tools in the back. You know, like I tried to leave stuff like that alone. I tried to go for the cars that were probably like a lease or maybe even possibly a rental. You know, like something that someone had that there wasn't much in there that they could be attached to. You know, like right. there'd be no sentimental stuff. You know, no no pictures on the dashboard. No none of that shit. You know, um, was there at what point did you finally what? At what point and why did you finally say, like, I'm not doing this anymore? Well, the cops, Have you made that choice? Well, when the, when the cops started uh, pulling into the driveway of where you're doing all these activities on a regular basis, you kind of say, all right, either they know something or they just think this is a really convenient spot, which if I start telling them not to show up any, anymore, then they're probably going to be like, why don't they want us here anymore? What are they doing? Yeah. So that, they kind of made the decision for us, whether they know it or not. <laughs> so there wasn't a time where you, you took a car and you're like, you know what, I'm over it. And that's yeah. a, if there wasn't, there, that's okay. No, and there was. It was probably two or three times I felt that way. And, but there, there kind of got to a point where I was like, you know what, uh, like I'm kind of like I'm sort of done with this thing. But at the same time, it was like I'd be there and the other people I was with would be like, Got one for your drive. Let's go. And it's like, well, I'm not gonna, just gonna leave it sitting here because now you got fingerprints all over. Let's fucking get the fuck out of here. So, so I kind of made that decision two or three times. Yeah. <laughs> so. And nothing ever came of it. Surprisingly, no. It should have. Honestly, it should have for all of us. Well, I, I feel bad. I just hope everyone had insurance. <laughs> I hope everyone had insurance and yeah. was fully covered. So I appreciate you coming on. Just like. Holding yourself accountable uh, for what you had done. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like every time I talk about it, or that's why I kind of like repressed that. Like, and literally, I just kind of came up. Not like I came up, I remember that whole thing. I'm like, so I kind of repressed it to be honest with you. I just, I don't. I try to imagine that people aren't that kind of a shit bag, but I was that shit bag, and like, I mean, yeah, I could say like, okay, like, the one that had like, you know, their kids, all their kids' toys in the back back seat and the car seat and all that stuff or 
the guy who like had a fucking TV sitting in the back of his car. Like obviously, like you know, he's close to Christmas time. He's probably like trying to make that like a Christmas present. Doesn't want to bring it inside. I don't know. I'm, I try to stay away from stuff like that. I try to go for the cars that were pretty well clean. Where it's like, okay, they're all they're losing is a vehicle at this point. I'm not gonna open the glove box and find you know like passports. Or I'm not gonna open the glove box and find like you know his wife's jewelry any of that stuff like. Just wanted the car, you know. Like so, I mean, I made the conscious decision to do that. Doesn't make me any less of a shit bag. No, and I, <laughs> I really, I don't, and I, I'm about to say something. I don't want you to think that I think that of you or whatever else. But it is interesting the ways that people will validate or draw these lines of this is like this is what I'm comfortable with and this is what I'm okay with, and it and that line might not even exist for somebody else. For sure, They're like they wouldn't even begin to come close to that line, but. I find this like talking to other folks too, um, that there there is oftentimes a point where they'll say, "I'll go this far." Um, you find that moral line, even though you're doing something immoral to begin with. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think it's the brain's way of like saving itself from, you know, yeah, it's like it's like Batman. I mean, you know, fucking or Superman, whatever. You know, justifying like killing someone or destroying them or whatever. You know, like, they may be doing the same exact thing that their opponent or enemy is guilty of. Yeah, yeah, it's just, just like breaking limbs. It, yeah. You, know? <laughs> you ever see that? There's like a meme of that where it's like this guy being like, hey, can I buy an eighth of weed? And Batman like comes down and just like breaks his arms. <laughs> and it's right, like, it's oh, like, Batman, like, you know, it's like, well, what, <laughs> what did, is this necessary at any point? But. Right. Yeah, it it is interesting. I think the ways that people will um, begin guess, to draw those. Up. I mean, yeah. It's at what point do you want to engage in civilized society? You know, and like, right. at what point do you think that civilized society has failed in some way, and that it needs to be made up for um, on an individual level? Right. Uh, kind of like the story that we talked about earlier. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we can wrap this up. Is there anything? Um, I already asked you, but is there anything you want to plug or anything you want to talk about or? Anything you're up to these days? No, just live your life the best you can. <laughs> thank you so much, Josh. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, subscribe and follow and do all that good podcast stuff. And have a good rest of your day. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you. <laughs>